Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. Today, the topic is medication holidays. Should I take a break from taking my mental health medication? This is actually very common and that people either think it's a good thing to do or actually they will come into the appointment and say, Doc, I took a break from taking my medications. And my eyes are going wide open. <laughs> what? <laughs> but interestingly enough, it used to be back several decades ago that it was really pretty commonly taught to for kids with ADHD, you know, probably come off your medication during the summer and over holidays like Christmas or weekend breaks. We don't want to stunt your growth or do anything. And you only need them when you're in the classroom. That was not that long ago. That was sort of taught that way. I think the interesting thing, maybe for people just to sort of wrap their head around a little bit, once again, we'll go back to one of the physical illnesses or a couple of them. Say uh, that you have diabetes or you have a heart condition. Can you imagine going into your cardiologist or to your other doc and say, you know, I just decided to take a break from being on my insulin or being on my heart meds. I, I thought it might just be a good thing for my body. It just needs to recover a little bit from taking those meds. I think it's a question of how do you see why you're taking the medication. So we got on this topic starting about because I'm semi-familiar with just hearing it around offices that kids with ADHD, the parents don't see a need for them to be on the medication in the summer. So they take summers off the medications, whether it's they talk to their doctor at all about it or whether or not they just take two months off from seeing the doctor and then show back up when school starts. Now I'm going to come here and rally the parent's corner because oftentimes what it is also, you've been a teenager, often the teenagers will say, uh, mom, dad, I'm not taking that during the summer. Yeah, I agreed to take it during the school year. I do not see a reason to take it during the summer. I took it during class. I'm not in class. I'm hardly reading any books this summer. I do not want to take it, and I'm not going to take it. What I hear a lot in how this is expressed, right, is I need the med to address something external. I'm not worried about what's going on internal. If the situation or problem area in my life I'm not currently engaging in, then I don't need the medication that fixes me in that problem area. So I don't need the med for me. I need the med for that situation. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because this just occurred to me as we, you know, we just sort of randomly chose this topic, follow up to our last topic, which was, is it okay not to be okay? A lot of reasons people try to come off their medications on their own or not take it is they really haven't accepted that it's okay not to be okay, that there might be something that we might need help with, whether that's the medicine we need to take all the time. The hope that the person is often having is, maybe if I just stop this, fix whatever it was supposed to do, fix the problem, and it is now gone. Sadly, most of the things that we give medications for in psychiatry and mental health, they're not cures. Right, there's unfortunately still today no cure. Yeah, sometimes they spontaneously remit or go away or they become not a functional issue. You can get remission from a depressive episode, but you're still vulnerable for another depressive episode to come. So we might bring people off medications for some reasons, like you've had one depression episode in your life, never had any family history, you've been doing well for the past year, no symptoms, you've only had one episode, so you deserve to see if you can 
come off of that on a tapered schedule under the guidance of somebody that you're seeing. But you put yourself actually at an increased risk of being on new medications, higher medication dosages, and an increased number of medications if you keep taking yourself off. I sort of think of the the brain as just this incredible machine. The more information you give it, uh, the smarter it becomes. I'm throwing meds at your brain, and your brain is going, oh, I've seen that. We all know about antibiotic resistance, right? You think it's a lot different with psychiatric medications? You've given me that med, and now you've given it to me, and then you've taken me off of that medicine. So now I know what it's like when I'm on it. This is your brain talking. And now I know what it's like off of it. I bet you I can sort of work my network around. We've talked about neuroplasticity, how your brain can change and respond. I bet you I can make it so I don't respond to that medicine anymore. Now, that's a very simplistic way of of looking at things. Your brain is super, super smart. The first question, just to get out there, is there ever a situation where there's medical evidence that it's okay to do either a medical holiday or medication schedule where you're not taking it every day. I do this all the time with, you know, kids as they're growing up with the parents or others. What you look for is a few things. People grow up or they mature or their life changes, things change. Well, you look for a very calm time where there's not a lot of stress going on and look for a tapered way of doing things to see if they continue to do well. For example, talk about an adolescent with ADHD, and they did pretty well the past two years in school, you know. They come in and they tell you, well, you know, doc, there's been times that I haven't taken the medication. I think I've done pretty well. We might give them a a time over the summer where we say, okay, let's see how you're going to do over the next month off of this. And we together will decide You know, we might actually start you back on the medicine for the first month or so of school. The worst thing to have happen is to get back in school and to have three months of school go by and go, oh, it's, you know, things have not been going well. So we've just thrown a quarter of the year away in school, right? It'd be much better to get a good start off to the school year. You're you're on the medicine. You have a good start to the school year. And then you have a planned time where you're going to try not to take the medicine. And we watch things pretty closely. And we have some feedback so that we can get things right going back quickly again. Now, that's different with something like ADHD because we have medicines that work the same day. We can get them on. It's different if we're talking about mood disorders, anxiety, things where you're on medicines that we might not notice the effect for a month or two or longer off of them. So say we get you back into school or whatever, take you off the med, and two months down the road, three months down the road, you get really depressed and anxious again, and now we got to try to fix that in the midst of the school year. Planning when to do this, how to do this, if it's a good idea to do this based on family history, what else has gone on, how many meds you've been on, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into it with each, and everybody's different. There's not just a straight plan to go by. Where my brain is hearing two different things is the situations you just laid out sound to me more like a plan to see if you still need it. Where a holiday is like a holiday from work where I go away for a period of time, but I know I'm coming back to it. What I want to know is, is there ever a, a situation where you say, yeah, for the summer you don't need it, but day one of school you are going back on it. We know you need it. We're going to give you a break from it. 
So for the majority of folks, the answer is no, you stay on it. We know that for attention. I don't care if you're in school or not. You still need to be able to pay attention. You know, you might be driving. You might be playing baseball in the summer. You're doing things with friends. Then other factors come into play, right? You might have a greatly reduced appetite on the, the medicine. Or there might be some things. Or we might be able to go down to a lower dosage. So there are some things that are personalized. We know in cancer treatments, those get pretty personalized. There's some things that depend on the person, but whether you're an adult or adolescent, a child, you know, the majority of disease states that we deal with are chronic, okay? It is true that not all disease states from childhood will continue on into adulthood. Are there good predictors of that? Uh, Not really. (laughs) Some of these things are, are pretty chronic. Again, I told you the, the one-off, or like depression, one episode, no family background, not that big of an episode. We're probably going to give you, see if you can come off the medicine at some point in time if you've done really well. But if you can't do that too soon, actually you, you set up for a high risk of relapse. The majority of time, it's not really good to take the holiday from the medicine because one, the holiday that you think you're going to take is really a lot of these long-acting medicines is really either not long enough or not in your best interest to take that long of a holiday off of. So to say, come in to me and say, I took two days off my medicine and I didn't get depressed again, so I don't need it. I can tell I don't need it. I took it, I didn't take it for two days and I'm fine. Well, that medicine might take seven to 10 days just to get out of your system from a blood level perspective, let alone what it's doing on the neurochemical level in your brain. For the most part, it's not good just to take a a holiday from the medicine. You've mentioned that this comes up in your practice consistently where people ask to take holiday. Oh, it's very common. Either they ask or they, more commonly, they have taken the holiday. (laughs) (laughs) They come back on the back end. The first question is, I'm sure if someone asks on the front end, you give them the, it's not a good idea speech for XYZ reasons. Well, we... Start there, but you also have to realize that, you know, we're in this together, right? I mean, this is the way I sort of think about things. So I'm going to give you the data, but if you're going to do that, then I still want to follow you. I don't want you to go out and say, oh my gosh, there's no way this guy is going to let me take a holiday. So I'm just never going to come back and I'm going to go off of it. To me, that's just like the worst thing. I haven't given you a safety net at all, right? I sort of kicked you out. I am still going to work with you. I see a lot of people go away. They go off their medicine, and months or a year later, they're back in the office and oh, I'm sorry, but you know I went off, and things went well for like three months, and then things started going bad again. I'm just glad you came back. That's my thought. You jumped my gun of questions, but how even given the alternative, uh, patients still decide to move forward. The ones who are having the conversation on the front end are doing it the right way, so <laughs> there's nothing to, to go into there. But the, the ones who do it on their own and just say, as of tomorrow, I'm not going to take it anymore. And it's, it's my decision. I'm just going to stop and I don't need to, to talk to my doctor about it. I wonder, do you see any consistency in reasoning of why they didn't want to have the discussion with their provider on the front end? I think there can be a myriad of reasons for that. One, they very often might not feel comfortable having that. I mean, I'm coming for you to help. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to stop taking this. What is your response going to be? You're going to tell me that I need to keep taking it. I don't want to have that conversation. 
Um, it might be that I've had past experiences where I've had these types of conversations, either with providers or growing up in family, coworkers, or whatever, and they just never go well. I'm hesitant of what the outcome might be. And the other thing is, if I don't tell you, maybe what can happen is you give me my month's supply of medicine, right? I say I'll be back in four weeks. Really what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home, not take the medicine, but I have the 30 days of medicine. If I start not doing well, I can get back on it, and you'll never know that I took a holiday from the medicine. That's not that uncommon either. I wonder, and I think for me this is the big one and not having the front-end conversation is what's the risk of if someone decides to do this on their own? How concerned do they need to be that coming off their med will give them negative side effects? Oh, withdrawal effects? Withdrawal. There can be withdrawal effects, one, versus the return of the disease state is another, versus even not just a return but an exacerbation worse than it was in the first time you dealt with it. The withdrawal effects from various medicines can happen anywhere the same week to a week or two after, right? And then you can get those confused, if we haven't talked about it, with a return of the disease state. Because you might have feelings that you're going, oh, no, it's all coming back, and really it's withdrawal. Or something brand new is going on. You're going to see a new provider in a different specialty because you think you have something new going on. It's really withdrawal from the medicine. You haven't even told the new provider that you just stopped a medicine. So lots of different things can happen during that time that you're when you come off the medicine. If nothing else, if you're adamant that you want to take a holiday, for your own safety, you need to have a conversation with your provider. And My thing is, this is, this is a partnership going forward, right? I want you to do as well as you can. If you could come off medicines and you do fantastic, you know, I would be in your corner, right? But the data shows that for a lot of these things, you're better off being on medicines in the long term. What I would say is something like, okay, you're going to come off. Here's what you might experience the first week or two. These are more of the withdrawal effects, okay? We're going to set up an appointment for a month from now. What's really important to me is if you start feeling worse, whether it's depression, bipolar disorder, whatever it is, and the symptoms start coming back, I want you to call and get in sooner. You don't have to wait to that point in time. We're on a journey together. And if you start feeling worse, you didn't make the wrong decision. You know, I understand. You know, actually, some of the most committed people to staying on their therapy are those folks who, at one point in time, stopped and experienced, oh my gosh, that did not go well. I am going back on that, and I am staying on that. They become the most committed folks. I mean, this happens not just in this realm, but in in other areas of life, too. I think you're working with the wrong person if they get sort of really mad at you (laughs) that you're going to go out and try something. If I'm worried about them being in so much danger that they're going to end up in the hospital or something, we're going to have a different conversation, right? But my big goal is I want you to come back. Getting back on some of the reasons why people look at medical holidays. I think there's two situations that that I want your insight on. You know, the the one that just sticks out to me and you can probably bring another example is the the kids in school, right? And it's well, if they're not in school, then why do they need the med over the summer? To me that's as a parent why I would be thinking that they don't need the med is they're not in school, so what's the med doing for them over the summer? Are you talking about ADHD in particular? I mean, that's specifically where my experience and what I hear the most of. 
you probably have other examples that you've experienced. If they're not in school and school is maybe they're on a depression med because they're bullied and they're not going to get bullied because they're not around those kids for the summer. When you look at the diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which can have hyperactivity or not, right? And you look at the diagnostic criteria for that. You know, the diagnostic criteria are not that these deficits only occur when the patient is in school. They occur across multiple domains, home, school, relationships. You just took one big chunk. I mean, it's not like the kid, they're not called school David. You know, they're called David across every place that they go to. Are you treating David or are you just treating David's point when he's in school because you don't want to hear from the teachers? How successful do we want David to be? You know, do you want David to read during the summer? Do you want David to retain? Well, David's just going to go play four sports and be gone from the house from morning to night. And, and how well <laughs> and do you want him to do with those uh, sports? Tired after running all day, right? Maybe David doesn't need the same dosage of medicine during the summer, and he might not need as many doses throughout the day. Those are all valid things to look at. So you're exactly right there. To think that the thing is going to go away just because you take school out of the equation, you're not understanding the full picture of the, the diagnosis and how it's impacting David in all aspects of his life, even if you can't directly see it. You don't get that direct feedback of the report card, the homework not being turned in, being fidgety in the seat at school. You know, Because a lot of times you don't hear all the other things <laughs> that go on, unless they're really pretty bad so people are reporting those to you but here's the other thing that doesn't i forgot to mention something but you asked you know why would people go off medicines without talking about it so it's very common weight gain people don't like weight gain sexual side effects oh my gosh that's a huge one and people have a very difficult time often bringing up the sexual side effects you know again the last episode we talked about is it okay not to be okay for a lot of folks it's not okay to have and talk about that I have problems with, you know, libido. Intimacy. Intimacy. I can't perform like I used to. I'm afraid that I'm making my spouse, my partner upset. I don't know what to do. That You know, like this medicine's really helping me, but I'm having these side effects. I have to choose. I don't know what else to do. I have to choose. Am I going to choose my relationship or my mental health and the side effects that go along with it? All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mental Health Commute. We appreciate it. Thank you.